This is the FM Gold Channel of All India Radio. In the program Spotlight, we now bring you a discussion on the main takeaways from the experts meeting at Niti Aayog. The participants are AK Bhattacharya, economic analyst, and Ruchika Chitravanshi, journalist. Good evening. As we know, very soon government is going to announce the next union budget. Today, Prime Minister Narendra Modi held discussions with economists and stakeholders to get their suggestions about what they expect from the budget and what are their suggestions towards achieving his goal of five trillion dollar economy. AKB sir, what do you gather from the discussions that PM Modi has held today, and how achievable do you think this target is going to be? Well, I think if you're talking about the union budget that will be presented, I understand on the first of February, which is just less than you know three weeks away. I would imagine underlying the budget assumptions will, of course, be the overall goal or target of attaining a size of economy that is equivalent to five trillion dollar. But I think the immediate task before the budget and the prime minister and in his consultations with the economists and other stakeholders from industry and others would have been how to revive both investment in the economy and also create more demand in the economy because these are the two critical constraints that are going to be the biggest challenge before the budget which are the areas where the government should increase its investments which are the areas which the government should look at very closely to make sure that adequate demand is created so that private sector as well as the government sector can consider increasing their investments because without sufficient demand there will be no push for higher capacity utilization and without a push towards higher capacity utilization there will be no a natural economic incentive for making more investment so you said that government will take steps to revive the economy and to boost private investment this has been a challenge for many budgets now if we see the latest figure investment in business has not increased sir. it has come down so what is it that we are not doing well you know i think you have to wait for a little longer period before you can see the impact of the government's decision in the last week of september 2019 to reduce the rates of corporation taxation i think those outcomes will be seen probably in the coming quarters little bit of corporate earnings have already seen some improvement but they have not yet led to industry or the corporate sector going in for more investments nor has it led to a renewed interest of foreign companies in investing in india in the hope that they will now have to make provisions for a lower corporation taxation which is now almost 10 percentage points lower than what they were earlier expected to but investments is not a function of only lower corporation taxation investment is a function of many other factors including demand in the economy the overall sentiment in the economy and whether there is the policy environment with regard to other factor markets which is land and labor particular and not to forget capital which is still considered a little expensive for most industries here so therefore unless you see concurrent actions on both these all these fronts land labor and capital that the advantages of lower corporation taxation will be seen in higher investments 
private consumption, as you rightly saying, has battered the growth of the economy. How do you think government can revive this? And if you can elaborate on how, what you mean when you say we have to figure out areas to increase investment, what are the areas? I think the demand is a big constraint right now, particularly in the rural economy, which is substantial in India's context. You need to transfer more cash to Indian farmers. There are already schemes in place. You have the Mahatma Gandhi National Rural Employment Guarantee Scheme. You have got the Pradhan Mantri Kisan Samman Yojana. Now, all these schemes are essentially aimed at transferring cash from the government to the farmers. You need to think probably of more incentives or schemes by which the rural economy gets more disposable surpluses, which can then result in higher demand, which in turn will boost economic activity and therefore create demand for more investment. So this is a kind of a virtuous cycle that we need to create. But right now what is happening is that we have got into a vicious cycle where because there is less demand, there is less economic activity and therefore there is less demand for investment and that less demand for investment is feeding into less demand once again. So therefore, to get out of this vicious cycle, it is important to kickstart investment, particularly in the infrastructure sector. You asked about which are the sectors where people in government should invest. I think infrastructure sector is an area where not only does this economy have a huge deficit, which need to be met. Therefore, the action plan for investment in infrastructure, a committee headed by Economic Affairs Secretary, had rightly pointed out that the government must invest more in infrastructure. They have identified a large number of projects and investments, but it is important to reduce the delay and the timeline for implementation of these projects because government investing more infrastructure alone is not enough. It is important that higher government investment is uh, crowding in private investment to the sector. And that crowding in of private investment will happen only when there is adequate long-term financing mechanisms available in the economy. Right now, after the dissolution of the long-term financial institutions like IDBI, ICICI and IFCI, there is no one agency which is actually entrusted with the responsibility of ensuring long-term financing for infrastructure projects. It is the banks which are engaged in the task of providing money to the infrastructure projects. And as you know, infrastructure projects is a long time lag and the banks have a shorter time tenure for the deposits. So there is what is called an asset liability mismatch. Now, the government has been taking advantage of a new company, state-owned company called uh, India Infrastructure Finance Limited, IIFCL. Now, recently in December, the government increased the equity infusion in that company. Hopefully, that additional equity infusion of 6,000 crore will result or help in IIFCL lending more money, which will crowd in more private sector investment. It is a matter of time, but as I said, that you also need factor market reforms. Some reforms have happened in labor. Some reforms need to take place in land, and a lot more reform needs to take place in provision of capital, which we just discussed. You indicated how money needs to be put into the pockets of consumers. So this budget, are you expecting some step in that direction? Will normal taxpayer get some relief? I will not be surprised if there are incentives built into the tax system by which the people have more money in their hands. But the government's finances 
are acutely constrained. The government fiscal deficit is a real concern. The government cannot abandon the path of fiscal consolidation. So therefore, the government has to seriously look at what kind of wasteful expenditure can be curtailed and in what way the subsidies that are growing need to be targeted to sectors that are needy and there are no porous schemes where diversion takes place. So expenditure management by which capital expenditure gets a boost but revenue expenditure which has got a lot of leakages and slippages, they are controlled and monitored, probably will give some headroom to the government in making sure that some tax giveaways are considered, which probably give more money in the hands of people. But I think given the fact that GST, the rates, are not within the confines of the budget exercise because GST Council will decide them first. So therefore, a little bit of personal income tax, corporation tax rates have already come down. And therefore, that leaves how the government can think of strengthening some of the schemes by which more money can be transferred to rural India, which can revive some demand there. So we've had lower than expected tax collection. Obviously, this will have an effect on our fiscal target as well. And also, this budget is coming in the light of a lot of global developments that have taken place. The U.S.-Iran tension that is going on. Do you think it will have effect on how our policymakers are going to devise this? Absolutely. I'm so glad you raised this issue because even though immediate fears of a war have receded, we cannot rule out the possibility of an adverse global oil scenario impacting India's government's finances as well as economic advantages. India, after all, is hugely dependent on imported oil to the tune of as much as 83% of its total needs. So therefore, any adverse impact on availability of oil as well as prices of international crude oil will have an adverse, natural adverse impact on India's economy. So therefore, the growth advantages that India enjoyed from 2014 to 2019, when oil prices remained stable and not also modest, so those advantages, if they go away, then it will be an additional challenge for those who manage the Indian economy to revive growth at a time. Growth is extremely important and as you said that tax collections are not meeting the targets and one of the main reasons is that when this budget right now is running its course which is 1920, the economic growth assumptions in nominal terms were 12% but in the first half it has only come to around 8% and the latest advance estimates show that it will be even less than that. So therefore against 12% of nominal growth you are seeing a nominal growth of around 7.5%. Now if that is the case tax collections will naturally be hit. So therefore first task will be how you revive growth then we'll, you'll see the tax collections go up and hope that the international crude oil scenario remains stable and don't become an additional challenge for the government to meet. Is there some way we can brace for this challenge, sir? I think it's important to look at India's dependence on oil. One area which is not often mentioned in this debate over how we can meet this challenge is uh, one, improving efficiency and productivity, and second is uh, improving conservation of scarce resources. I think this entire focus on conservation of resources has actually not received the kind of impetus that it should, particularly in light of the need to 
consume less fossil fuel, which is also, from a climate point of view, a big challenge. I think we've made big strides in renewables. Maybe this budget will again have focus on that. Absolutely. I think the renewable focus is very important. And actually, the renewable focus will take us a little bit away from our dependence on fossil fuel imports. And therefore, we need to look at economic scenario in which our ability to steer the economy without being impacted by adverse global scenario is limited. It cannot be eliminated, but it can be limited. Another very important challenge in front of this government is employment or unemployment. How do you think they will deal with this problem? I think the employment prospects are pretty formidable and the challenges are even more formidable. You have a situation where the participation rate of labor is almost 50%. Now, 49 percent to be precise, which means almost half your available workforce is not doing any work. Now, that is a serious issue. You cannot tackle the unemployment problem or the employment problem, as you pointed out, uh, without making sure that investments in infrastructure take place and without making sure that manufacturing sector revives. Right now, as you have seen in the advanced estimates, both the manufacturing sector and the construction sector, these two sectors are not doing well at all. What is keeping the economy ticking even now is government expenditure. And with the fiscal deficit challenges looming larger and larger in the days to come, you even cannot rely on this government expenditure to bail you out in terms of economic growth. So therefore, the challenges are extremely formidable. Sir, of course, uh, construction and manufacturing both are in bad shape. Agriculture is no better. We can't talk of a budget and not talk of agriculture and the farmers. Absolutely. And agriculture has... has not done well, but there's only one silver lining of hope there because if you see the difference between the nominal terms agricultural growth and the real terms agricultural growth, you see a huge difference of almost around 7 percentage point difference. In other words, the nominal GVA, the gross value added in agriculture, is growing at around 9%, whereas the nominal real gross value added in agriculture is growing by around 2%. In other words, there is an income transfer that is happening. The agricultural price increases probably will, over a period of time, will benefit the Indian farmers or those who are getting into the market to sell their produce. So the only silver lining in agriculture is that, yes, produce is less, but then it has also led to an increase in agricultural prices, which probably will also transfer some more resources in the hands of Indian farmers, who therefore can come to the market as buyers, which will give a boost to demand. Obviously, as you said, the immediate task is to revive the economy, improve the demand. Investment has to be increased so that the demand is increased and the challenges are right in front of the government and we can uh, now expect that these will be addressed in the budget that will be announced on the 1st of February. Thank, Thank you. you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you. You are listening to a discussion on the main takeaways from the experts meeting at Niti Aayog. The participants were A.K. Bhattacharya, economic analyst and Ruchika Chitravanshi, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website, newsonair.com. You can also follow us on the News on AIR app for updates. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com. Please stand by for our next program in a short while from now.